1: This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for
0: the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey there, friends. Thanks for being with me here today on Afternoons with Mike. And with me is Brianna Kakamisi. She is the leader of a group called SelfDisciplineStartsNow.com. That's where you can find out about her organization. She would be on uh, the the internet with, I've seen your, some of your TikTok videos that you have out there. Uh, Believe it or not, I know a little bit about that. I know you're laughing. You're thinking, how did this old guy know, even know how to say that? So you were actually at the recent expo. So welcome to the program, Brianna. It's nice to have you here.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Now I've got to ask the name Kakamisi. uh, What, what, background do you come from? Are you, were you born in the States?
2: I was born in the States. So Kakamisi is very, very Italian ah. and I'm mixed. I probably don't look so Italian to you, but I'm mixed. So I'm half black and half white.
0: Okay. And a, a strong Italian uh, heritage with your family members. Was that something you grew up hearing about?
2: Um, yes. Yeah, so my family's Italian American which is really different than just Italian. Okay. So the culture is very different, and my family's from New York, so it's more like maybe like a um, Brooklyn, Italian, Mm -hmm. if you're like picturing anything in your mind, it's more like that.
0: What part of the country did you grow up in?
2: I grew up in New York, Long Island.
0: Oh my goodness, now my daughter lived uh, in Brooklyn for a couple of years, back in 2012, 2012. So I, uh, my wife and I w- went there on a trip to see her there. That that was the first time I've ever actually spent a lot of time in New York, uh, uh, about a week I think we were there. And uh, it, you know, it's a lot different now than it was then. Have you gone back recently?
2: Yeah, I go back pretty often. I actually will be there in two weeks. So.
0: Hmm. So you get to go back and see it as it is now post covid because i know covid oh, locked yeah. everything down
2: yeah it's it's different it's interesting and you know you know some things are pretty rough but you know it's home for me and you know i have so much family and friends still there so you know new york has a special place in my heart
0: now you're a young person that obviously uh, you've got your face on these videos and you're not just offering you're not just an internet influencer you're actually helping people, although you may be, you may consider yourself an influencer. It's not a fashion influencer. You're after someone's <laughs> discipline in their life to help them be more disciplined. And you're using, I, I don't believe, this is what makes this different for me. I don't believe I've ever met a young person that used in an official way the phrase self-discipline until i've met you and i say young person i'm talking about a person in their 20s
2: yes i am 27.
0: yeah so that's an that's a unique thing for me today you're holding a record (laughs) first time in this studio have i ever had someone like that talk about a term that i think is so important you know those of us that have been in ministry there's a well-known resource called the self-discipline manual and it really is a great workbook. It's a, a book that helps pastors and helps group leaders who lead small groups understand how to help people in this process, because that's something that we should all be about, right? Self-discipline.
2: Yeah, 100%. I actually just wrote that down, the Self-Discipline Workbook.
0: The Self-Discipline Manual. Oh, manual, sorry. Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Yeah, it is extremely important, especially as believers, because... We are supposed to be, you know, being led by the spirit, not by our flesh. So we should be denying our flesh regularly. And that requires self discipline.
0: Now, again, I, I'm going to go back to the age thing because it's refreshingly different to talk to a young person that's, that's saying and using a phrase denying ourselves. I mean, that's something that a lot of people in the world right now there's not a lot of denial self-denial in this world. I mean, we have a lot of young people that are just going out living for the day like there is no tomorrow. but the wise person is going to discipline themselves according to the way the Bible would teach them. Would you agree?
2: Yes, a hundred percent and um you know that's something so important to me as a Christian, but it's so funny because I have clients that, are not christian and they still struggle so much without even having that principle we know in the bible so like for example i teach self-discipline like i found the four areas people struggle with self-discipline the most is time management health so like discipline to work out or eat properly um finances and sex Mm -hmm. and you would be so surprised people that aren't even Christian or even subscribe to any religion struggle with self-discipline with with sex and realize that it's an issue and they don't even believe in God. So mm-hmm. what does that tell us? That tells us that, you know, the principles God has established for us are right and true right, and our lives will benefit so much more if we would actually follow the word of God.
0: It's my privilege to interview a lot of leaders of men's groups. And what you're talking about right there is so on point because so many men struggle with what their eyes are are seeing, what they get involved in either pornography or maybe even uh, movies that are this side of that. But it it becomes almost like an addictive thing where it's like for them, they have no self-control. I've heard this phrase before with men as a pastor working with men, I just can't help myself. Well, that's Mm. a lie. They can. They can, by the power of God and the grace that we get in the Lord, we can make some changes and resist the enemy. The Bible says, if you resist the enemy, he will flee. So that's, that's an important aspect to learn and to walk out, right?
2: A hundred percent. And I just want to say, I noticed you said something that I want to bring clarity to. Um, you said self-control and I just want to, uh, say the difference between self-discipline and Mm -hmm. self-control. Do you know the difference?
0: Well, I'm not sure. According to your definitions, I would. But but discipline would have to do with what we we train ourselves with. And self-control, obviously, is a reactive uh, kind of a thing. So that's how I would typify that. But I'm going to find out if that's different than what you mean.
2: That's actually absolutely correct. So self-discipline maybe would be more of the mindset. So say you were Mm -hmm. to say, I'm seriously going on a diet and I'm go, I have a trainer now we're going to be training three days a week. And I already went to the store. I threw out all the Oreos in my house and I have, you know, just ingredients to make a salad and grilled chicken. And so now you're being disciplined. You're disciplining yourself. You're setting yourself up for success now, self-control will be like after this session and i hand you a chocolate chip cookie
0: that's right (laughs) so basically what we're saying about that right now is you brought a temptation of a batch of cookies up to the studio today of which mark goldstein is in the next room imbibing right now and realizing that he has just fallen prey to, uh, to, <laughs> he's lost self control.
2: <laughs> you know, it was a holiday, so I wanted to do something, you know, special maybe. But uh, that's funny, right? So self control is in that moment.
0: Yes, self control is in that moment, and I that's why I use the word reaction, right? Because it's a perfect uh, word. Uh, you know, when when something happens, uh, when when uh, a tire blows out, we can we can lose our our. I believe we can lose our. Uh, kind of our our discipline it, as well as our sanctification in those moments. Mm-hmm. If we're not self-controlled, so we are. You know, there there is an important thing. We are. Isn't it interesting that you've chosen this phrase, self-discipline, which is the root understanding of what the twelve men who Jesus picked out. They were called disciples. Mm,
2: that's good,
0: and they were basically being trained. To be disciplined, now that's exactly what you're aiming for. As a, I think you, I heard you say you refer to yourself as a self-disciplined coach, right? Correct. So how does how do you uh, apply that? How do you teach that? What what is the setting? What is the venue for that?
2: Yeah. So. I should also mention that I do have a degree in psychology and I do have a background in mental health. So I actually worked in mental health. for a Oh my a couple goodness. Of I'm years. being
0: analyzed even as I'm sitting here, right? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: absolutely not. I worked as a counselor, so I also have a background in counseling. So it's not just, you know, just something random I'm doing. Um, so I wanted to bring that up and, um, what was the question again? Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How, what's the venue? How do you, where oh, right, do you work right. with people?
2: Yeah, so I actually work with clients via Zoom, which is so okay, incredible. Like virtual meetings. Yes. Uh-huh. So like when I was working as a counselor, I met with people in person, um, which was really crazy, honestly, because, you know, I was working in New York and I would literally like pick up people from the streets. Like that was like my job, you know, mental health could be a very rough field, but my clients, Hmm. like I would be like meeting them at bus stops or just like a random Starbucks. I would just go to their house, not knowing anything about them. Sometimes I did have their records and I was able to see some things. But I'm not sure if that was more comforting, you know, like knowing, oh, they have a violent past or whatever. So, um, yeah, my business now, I meet all of my clients on Zoom, which is so incredible because God has allowed me to work with people all over the world, like clients in Europe and South America and just the most randomest places. I'm like, wow, God.
0: What made you think you wanted to do this? What gave you this uh, motivation?
2: Yeah, um, I remember, like, I think the first spark of it for me, I was in a psychology class, um, you know, like a decade ago, and I learned about this, like, like this psychologist, his name was um, Abraham Maslow, and he was talking about the hierarchy of needs. Have you ever heard of that?
0: No, I don't think so. I, I, the name, his name, Maslow, uh, that, that definitely rings a bell. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so he was um, talking about the hierarchy of needs and it's like a triangle and it talks about at the very last level, the basic level is our basic needs. It's like um, physiological needs and he says it's air, water, shelter, food, and sex. Hmm. And I remember like my professor was just explaining this, like this is the most basic thing we all need to survive. Like people cannot survive without these things, and I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised. I guess shelters on there. There's so many homeless people, or like, I'm so surprised. Sex is on there. People, you know, like we're able to abstain from sex, and and my professor would just continue explaining how um, people struggle so much when they're not able to fulfill these things, or people easily manip- like abuse these things. So people really abuse food and sex, especially. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was a spark for me because I had so much discipline at that time. And that's at a young age, as a teenager, I had so much discipline at that time with food because of health reasons, Mm -hmm. like, you know, health issues I had growing up. So I had so much discipline over food and I had you know, a lot of discipline with sex as well, you know, like being abstinent and things like that. So everyone was agreeing like, yeah, it's so easy to just indulge in these things, you know, when it's our basic needs and they're all talking. And I just felt like I didn't relate. And I think at that time I realized there's, you know, maybe I have a gift, but okay. I never explored it until like later on. And I saw like, wow, this is really a gift from God.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that you were marching to the beat of a drum that a lot of people aren't marching to. And it's so easy, isn't it? When you are around, you were obviously exposed to God. You were obviously exposed at a young age to uh, the Word of God, which in itself helps people. It's a blessing. It's a huge blessing. But I'm convinced that a lot of people don't realize that. Because they don't know God and they're, they're just not exposed to the benefit that his word brings and sound doctrine brings to a life. So to, I, I'm here hearing you use terms like abstinence, for example, and that is something that sadly today many people are not uh, are not shielding themselves from mm. things that would otherwise lead them away from abstinence and just make them feel like, hey, it's okay, just do whatever you want to do. No, it's not okay the the god of the universe the creator of all has given us this wonderful word and that's one of the things that speaking of discipline that we're to avoid we're to stay away from that and not to get near it and yet that is not what most do today right
2: you're right and it's you know very sad and so i just try to do my best i feel like it's a privilege that god allows me to speak into people's lives and i just really try my best to make those things known to the people I work with.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you're doing it now. The idea of using technology, was this something that uh, the idea of uh, doing these virtual meetings, did that come immediately or did, did it just kind of fall in place?
2: It came immediately because I really started my business during COVID. And so things <laughs> were like already, I was still working at my previous job, so things were already kind of going on Zoom, meetings on Zoom. And also, I was moving during this time down here to Florida, so I didn't have a client base that I would meet. And, you know, also, you know, as a young woman, I feel for safety reasons. You know, I felt very safe at my previous job, even with meeting people on the streets, quite literally. In New York. Right. <laughs> yeah, There would be a lot of people
0: who say, Brianna, what's the matter with you?
2: <laughs> right. I mean, it was my job.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, I, I just felt it was more safe. Um, You know, especially not being protected by like the agency I was working at. And I was I had no agency. I was working for myself. So I put up like Google ads and people just found me. And like I said, actually, a lot of my clientele is overseas. And I just really think that's so God because I would literally not even be able to meet with them.
0: You're right. Yeah, so you, this idea of doing your business this way came along at a time where there just happened to be the development of technology that makes it possible. Right. I mean, Zoom, I mean, well, that's been a gift to us all, right?
2: Right, it's just so crazy.
0: Yeah, so you're doing this now from Florida. You've been here only a couple of years. And so that are you down here alone? Do you have other family members that are in this area?
2: Yes, I do have some family members that are scattered and actually, which was like another move of God, but I actually was able to move here with my mom. So we actually moved down together. Oh,
0: how great, okay.
2: Yes, it's so awesome. We're actually such a great team. Um, She will be leaving me soon, though, to go back up north, but um, I'm really grateful for the time that we've had together. a
0: couple of years, right? Yes. And that's really great, Uh, your mom uh, being down here with you. That really helps get settled into a new area, but uh, you're also now new to the chamber and you're, you know, those of us that have moved away from family to move uh, to Florida uh, have found out that uh, church, family, friends that you meet like at the Christian chamber really become so very much like important family members in our lives. It's really important.
2: Yeah, I'm so excited. I, I I've been so blessed. I think I joined a few weeks ago and I've been so blessed already. I'm just so excited to everything we're gonna be doing together and just networking with different people. I'm just so excited.
0: Well, hang around, we're gonna do another segment with you. So don't go away. This is Brianna Kakamisi with me in the studio today. She is a self-discipline coach. And that might be a term that you just haven't heard put together, strung out just quite like that. But we'll be back with Brianna in just a moment. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Back again in the studio with Brianna Kakamisi. She is a self-discipline coach and her website is starts now.com. I really enjoyed our first segment together talking about this thing. You're 27 years old, moved down from New York. You are working with people virtually, although in New York you worked with them uh, pretty much uh, just face to face. A lot of your your experience, y- you seem to have all of this education and experience that that I don't know how you crammed it in to your young age of twenty seven, but you've done this. You're a you have a degree, your degree in psychology, right?
2: Correct. Correct. Um, that's funny. You actually say that because. You know, I feel as you're like pursuing your gifts or purpose and talents and all of those things, the enemy wants to distract you or put lies in your head. Right. And I actually would always feel so behind just in general in life. And um, even though you said like those things, I really appreciate it because I actually dropped out of college for a couple of years. And so that's just, feels but you really went nice. back
0: and you still got the degree then.
2: Yes, I did.
0: Yeah. And see, again, uh, a lot of us uh, didn't do that. And so <laughs> that is, uh, it's pretty amazing that you've done all of this. You've worked with uh, the mental health field and helping people with mental health issues and that in itself is a term that has kind of morphed to a new understanding there would have been a day brianna long before you were born that when people would talk about mental health it was equated to a, a something that they couldn't change or maybe an illness or something that wasn't right that would always not be right but today's world mental health issues can be Uh, something like depression that people can be helped out of. And there are many other mental health issues today, but all that to say, it takes a little bit of redefining, doesn't it? Because uh, we have to understand the terms in today's uh, kind of uh, world.
2: A hundred percent. And I, I have worked with clients. Well, all of the clients I used to work with had chronic mental health. So it would be, you know, much more extreme versions of depression than the average person may feel or, you know, chronic anxiety, bipolar, mm-hmm. schizophrenic, schizoaffective disorder. And I do think that there may be times where we um, may seek out medication and, you know, treatments and things like that. But there is something that has been found scientifically, like in the field, which is fairly new. I mean, I don't know how many years it's been, but it's, there's something called uh, neuroplasticity. And essentially to make it very short, and I'm probably butchering it, but basically the idea that we could still, uh, our minds can expand. We could get out of patterns and cycles that maybe our family has been in or things that we may have struggled with. It's basically the idea that we can make new neural pathways in our brain Mm -hmm. and we don't have to be stuck. Absolutely, And you know, it's just so funny when new things emerge and all of that, because all of it is in the word of God. And I think that's what renewing our minds is.
0: (laughs) You know, you've brought up a great point that I've heard about for years, this whole thing of building new neural pathways. That's what people do and have done in two different areas. Number one, when certain people have had a stroke, they have to learn to talk again. And
2: exactly as
0: you get into that understanding medically as to what's going on, what you've just described is exactly what's happening. Those therapists are helping that person through exercises, through just uh, real great uh, mental therapy as well as some phys- physical therapy aspects. they're helping force that brain to connect new neuron points together. And it's also in the area of education where a, a student may have a problem uh, with um, a learning disability. And and the same, the same process can be employed through educational therapy and these new neurons can be connected. And that's just a wonderful thing to see someone struggle in one area and through the help that, and that's kind of what you're doing. Maybe not so much in a, uh, a neural uh, setting, but through just helping people deal with things in the discipline area, it can have the same kind of impact, right?
2: Exactly, and you know, to your point, everything that we're talking about right now, it actually, it's really coming against people that wanna stay in a victim mindset and have that victim mentality. And something that I really love and one of my purposes with starting this business was not wanting that and not wanting to enable that. You know, so when I was thinking about because like originally when I was wanting to go to college and stuff, I actually wanted to get my PhD and be a doctor and have my own practice. Mm -hmm. And now this is totally different. But when I was starting this, I was like figuring out like, wow, do I want to take people's insurance? And wow, do I want to work with other agencies? And honestly, I just felt it was best to be independent and have people independently make the decision. I want this for myself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times with agencies and this field and stuff, um, people are being forced or maybe like your insurance pays for it or you might have like a court order for something and you have to go to therapy. And it's like you really don't want it for yourself. You actually prefer to stay a victim and just feel like this is my life or, oh, I was diagnosed with this and there's nothing I could really do. Don't, I mean, you think just that's not in,
0: don't you think that's exactly what happens to a lot of people that are caught up in the prison system? They, mm. it's just so easy. Uh, I've heard so many, I've talked to so many prisoners before Brianna and, and their word is, is that I, I don't mind it here because I'm taking care of and I don't have to make decisions and they can stay in this almost like, well, for me, it was, you know, I had a rough upbringing and so I, it, this is just better and staying in that kind of mindset where they look at uh, the fact that they're a prisoner uh, as not a problem. That's uh, I, I can't uh, personally understand that, but I know a lot who do. And mm, that's, that's the way scary. they are. Yeah. So when you talk about staying a victim, what's the first step when you are talking with somebody? What What is the first step to getting out of that mindset?
2: Okay, so... It's kind of like the inception. Like, I mean, my business is still fairly new. It's only like a year and a half old. So, all of these things are still like new that I'm like newly, like new information I've just found. But initially, when I was starting this, I was like, wow, I'm going to help, you know, people that just overspend and they have shopping addictions and they need to get in shape. And, oh, I have so much discipline with health. So, I'll be able to help people with this and help people with that. And, you know, people are gonna change their whole lives and turn their lives around, right? (laughs)
0: Some of that can be idealistic, right?
2: Right, so when I like had put my ads up and I started getting clients, I was so shocked and actually I would say it's like the saddest thing about my business and what I've learned about self-discipline is all of my clients already had self-discipline all of them had self-discipline they already had the mindset like no one had the victim mentality they all were like so successful they were like more successful than me you know and it's like it just goes to the point where people who are already doing well want to do better okay and basically what i'm saying is i don't attract anyone with that mindset
0: okay all right. And so that's fair. That's a good way to look at that. And those that are already in this mindset, uh, self-discipline is, a, we all know that in the Christian world, it's not going to be something that you work at four years and then you, you have arrived, baby. You've done everything that you'll ever do and you've hit the mark and there's no place else to go. That's not true. Uh, our entire lifetime is going to be a lifetime of uh, really putting together the effort to be self-disciplined
2: yes a hundred percent and I just feel like there's no you know trick or way to get around it it's just <laughs> there's
0: no shortcut right right
2: so I mean I would <laughs> I would definitely speak to people that have that victim mentality but if people are just stuck and just feel like this is what I want for my life you know we cannot change them and that's something I had to come to terms with early on in you know my career because we can't. And that goes back to my relationship with God. You know, I am not the God of anyone's life. God has to do that. God has to change people. That's well said,
0: Brianna. So basically, you can't help a person who doesn't want help. That's the bottom line. And I think that's true for just about everybody. And I've seen uh, many experiences when I did pastoral counseling. Uh, Pastoral Mm -hmm. counseling Uh, in a situation with a person that had obvious things that needed to be changed and needed to be done differently. Yet when you get in there and you're talking with them and you find out uh, there was an expression that was um, again out many years ago, about 20 years ago, that went along these lines. They love their demons. They love the things that are keeping them bound. And when a person loves the things that is keeping them bound up, And you come, uh, there has to be a forsaking and a renouncing of those things. And they have to walk away from that. They have to not have that victim mentality or they're going to be stuck forever.
2: That's so, so good. I just love this right now. It's funny because people ask me like, oh, is this a Christian business or Christian company? You know, like I think people want me to like pray and, you know, cast out demons on a Zoom call with (laughs) non-believers. And it's just so amazing because how can you ask me, is this a Christian business? Everything about self-discipline is so, like, this is all Christian principles.
0: Right. It's Christian principles. And what we're called to do is to apply those principles. And I think that's the big missing ingredient in discipleship. Which would also be the missing ingredient in, in self discipline efforts on, from your standpoint is that we are never, ever, ever going to get out of the point where we have to, we can stop being disciplined. Mm, never.
2: That's so true. Until
0: heaven. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to be like there. But I have a feeling that there it will be better.
2: <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs>
0: it's gonna be a lot better. What are you finding, uh, your peers? And this is a question that comes to my mind. Your peers, uh, those that are in your age group, what do they make of you, Brianna?
2: Um, like clients as business, or do you mean like my friends? Well, I mean, group? just
0: uh, yeah. Do can they relate to you, the way you think and the way your desires are? For people to to help people with these discipline issues,
2: yeah. So I just really like to open, co- like, openly talk about these things with people. You know, not coming across like um, I'm right or I'm better, and you need to just do this. Obviously, that's not how you build relationships, right? You know, so I I, I just have conversations with people, and they all share like, um, you know, this is what I want to do. This is serving me right now. And then I'll just share what I believe, which is, you know, the, the temporary things they're not satisfying.
0: Right. And how do they receive that? When, when you're coming over and you're talking to people, what, what would the reception most of the time be by people when they're hearing you and your desires and your aim and your business? What is their reception?
2: I really think that people pause and think about what I'm saying. I would really say they that... They take I- you seriously. Yes. That's good. Yes.
0: Now, I know that you're on, like I mentioned, you're on social media with your efforts and you do a lot of what are called shorts, uh, where they're just little, small, little snippet videos of you talking about things. How are those being received?
2: Um, You know, I actually... So in like my personal life and stuff, I haven't had social media for over four years now, which is, that's the most, out of everything I tell people, that's the most bizarre thing for my generation. Yeah, Like everything is like social media, Instagram, all those things. So I haven't had any of that for several years. So all the, like the shorts or TikToks, I actually just started doing. So I think that it is slowly, slowly growing. You know, I have to put the work in and grow those things I just use those platforms for um, my business because they are very addicting um, but to answer your question how are they being received I think that I'm still working on that
0: okay well you're very honest and I appreciate this so much and this has been for me this has been a, a, a uh, kind of a fun interview to talk with someone that is doing something that is kind of a marriage between what we know and we're all supposed to be a part of and that is the disciplined life and yet using uh, very few people that I've ever known who had a psychology degree uh, have used it as effectively is what I think you're doing. And I think you're doing a great job with that. Not trying to put other people down, but I mean, your degree that you had is is serving you.
2: Oh, thank you so and, much. And, and
0: that's actually kind of fun to see. But, but then the third thing about what I'm hearing it that I think is so encouraging as a young person. That you, are, that you have a love for Jesus, and you realize the importance that the Bible brings, the Word of God brings, that of all of the things that can be studied as a discipline, nothing compares to that.
2: I agree, and I just feel so grateful because sometimes I just look back at some of the decisions I made as a, such a young person, or even some decisions I made as a child, and I just really know for sure that it was God that has given me wisdom and God that has you know, helped me and given me the strength to do those things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that it helps me have compassion with people because I don't feel like I'm better or like, oh, you just have to start doing this and stop doing that. I know it's God that's giving me the strength to do all of the things that I do that helps me.
0: Well, clearly he's given you a role and a task and you're doing it. And I'm uh, I'm proud for you that you are you're putting the efforts into this. How can people get in touch with you?
2: Yes so my website is self Um my YouTube page is self-discipline starts now. Um, I'm still learning and growing on that. Um, I could be reached at contact at self now.com. My personal email is Brianna at self com. and yeah.
0: That's it, Brianna Kakamisi, and uh, this is really a, a fun interview. Thank you for coming in today and being a part of it again. That's now.com. and we wish you the very, very best. And I know it's going to be a tough time when you say goodbye to your mom. I'm sure that's going to be a, a little bit of a, a, a bummer for you, but uh, we're glad that you had a chance to have that and. We'll look forward to seeing you at the future chamber meetings.
2: Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me on. I had so much fun, and you are such a fun person, so I just (laughs) had a good time.
0: That's very kind of you to say. Well, we'll be back in a moment. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, Back again for segment three here on Afternoons with Mike, and what a privilege it is to have a new friend on the line with me today. Dr. James Ferguson is uh, with me. It, uh, he is well known in the Milwaukee area. He he does so many things up there. Uh, he is a PhD he ha- is an attorney graduated with uh, a degree and uh, is a, a, a really a lawyer with family law practice and on top of all of that he owns a 15,000 square foot building into which he ha- is housed a bunch of Christian businesses and all for the glory of God and all to see people really bring glory to the Lord through the marketplace. It is a real honor to have you on the line with me, sir. Thanks and welcome to the program.
1: It is an honor to be here. I'm so excited to to share this uh, space with you um, and just to learn more about you and to you know just tell you more about what we're doing here in Milwaukee so thank you for having me and i'm excited to be here
0: now you you're one of these guys you remind me a lot of uh, our good friend mark goldstein Uh, who wears a lot of different hats. And I don't know how... Yes, sir. You must get very (laughs) tired every day switching the hats that you wear. But it is very clear to see you have plenty on your plate. Now, you're the president of Wisconsin Christian Technical University in Milwaukee. Tell me about that.
1: Yes, we, um, we are a ministry training center. Um, a fully accredited ministry training center that offers any uh, degree programs in a lot of different areas, um, mainly for areas that deal with the body of Christ. So, for example, any job in the church, um, any job in a ministry that you can hold, we probably have a training program that corresponds to it and people can actually earn Associates, bachelor's, masters, and doctoral degrees through our university. So we're a technical school um, because but we're a ministry technical school. Mm-hmm. So we teach people the ministry trades.
0: That is really a neat and very unique type of operation that you're doing and, and you've been yeah. doing this for a while.
1: yeah, 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 my my journey in academia started probably about uh, 10 years ago. And um, it just continued up through um, to my present, my present work at Wisconsin Christian Technical University. I've always been passionate about education. Um, I myself, I'm an executive pastor. And so as an executive pastor, training ministry leaders has been something that's been on my radar and on my plate for many, many years. Wow. And so um, I wanted to create a formal training program where churches could send, you know, the new deacons in their churches or, you know, the church counselors or the people that dealt with youth and children, where they could send them somewhere and, and get a formal Training where they can go back into their ministries and now have uh, a strong foundation on which they can stand.
0: Now, your undergrad, you talked about uh, being one that really had a heart for education. That I think mm-hmm. might qualify as one of the biggest uh, understatements of the year around here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I look yeah. at when I look at your your degree list here, you completed your master's studies at Life Christian University and your doctoral studies at St. James International University. But in addition to all of that, and of course you use all of those degrees in what you're doing there at the technical school, but in addition, you are an attorney and you were an undergraduate at Marquette and went on to, uh, you you had the uh, Marquette University Law School where you yep. uh, learn family yep. law and contracts. So, did you mm-hmm. y- did you actually practice in law for a while?
1: I did, I did, and and something tragic um, happened with just by virtue of the culture of the practice of law. Um, law is an adversarial system; it's an adversarial system, and and family law. You know, I was on the divorce litigation team. And um, one of my clients, their um, 15-year-old daughter just, you know, couldn't take the pressure, the heat of her parents going through a divorce. Ultimately, she committed suicide in the high school that she attended. Mm. And that actually led me to start the Center for Family Preservation and to switch from being on the side where I was breaking families and, and divorcing families to go to the side where I was putting resources to families, hoping that they we could help them to avoid going there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Now, you know,
0: those of us that have grown up in this country, and I love our country, but there have been some changes in the last um, number of years, especially in the area of the family and the uh, the all, uh, for what many people would say, the all-American family dream of having mm-hmm. uh, a family, a nuclear family, children, mm-hmm. a home, mm-hmm. uh, that is not regarded or held in esteem by so many in our culture today in this country. And to hear this story of a divorce going on that led to a, a child, a daughter, committing suicide, that's heartbreaking, and I'm sure that, that really affected you.
1: It did. It did. It made me not want to uh, practice law anymore It um, because I carried uh, guilt for a number of years for the role that I played in, in divorcing so many families and it all can, you know, and even as I was doing it, you know, I've always been a believer and I knew that God hated divorce. Uh, But, you know, I was one of those believers who, um, you know, when I left church on Sunday or when I checked in at work on Monday morning, it was a whole different game. Mm -hmm. It was a whole, it was a whole different, it was a whole different um, ball game, you know. I, I, I joined the secular world for work, and um, I adopted their culture and how they did things, and we were in an adversarial system, and, you know, I wanted my side to win. And so I fought very hard and very passionately to get my client everything that they wanted and they, they felt they deserved. Um, but in the process of doing that, so many lives were broken. And I carried those stories, and I carried that guilt with me for a number of years, and I refused to practice law anymore. Um, I didn't want to do that anymore. But then the Lord started healing me by giving me a way to redeem what I had done. Um, He redeemed me already, of course, but then there was something that He wanted me to do with the experience, and that was to create this space where we could put resources Around families when they were going through difficult times that could help them avoid going to divorce court in the first place.
0: Well, this is very interesting to hear your, uh, I guess you could say, your testimony that has led you to this conviction because it is much more than just a response. What you're talking about is God has given you a conviction to help people and. From what I know about what you're doing there in the Milwaukee area, it's being met with excitement and, and some real success. And tell us about this plan. How did this come about that you got a 15,000 square foot building and, and you decided to purpose it uh, for holding Christian businesses? How did that come about?
1: Well, during, it actually came about during the pandemic and um, the pandemic hit. And, um, of course, I had uh, right before, actually, let me back up a little bit. Right before the pandemic hit, um, I had a small office not very far from here that I was leasing. And that office was about um, uh, 1,100 square feet. Um, And originally, when I started, you know, when I leased that office, I was just doing counseling family, a small counseling practice to the Center for Family Preservation. Mm -hmm. And um, we were, uh, that was all we were doing at that space. But then um, the college really picked up and started growing a lot. So I had the college as well. And I wanted to create a space where students could come in and they have, you know, like a campus feel. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, where they could come in more than a classroom. I wanted to have a space for student commons, um, a place where we could put in a Christian bookstore slash library, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing for our students. And so I started looking other places. But get this, um, um, I couldn't quite land on the place that I really, really wanted um it, you know every every space that i looked at it was just something that that was not desirable for me and my team so we didn't move forward but then the pandemic hit and when the pandemic hit all you know everything shut down mm-hmm. and you know businesses uh started moving out of commercial spaces and closing their doors um transitioning over to virtual platforms and all of that that's the and there was a Christian who owned Silver Mill Shopping Center. Her name was um, her name was Cheryl. She owned Silver Mill Shopping Center. and she has so many vacancies in this space. And she's like, oh man, you know, we met. Cheryl and I met, and um, I told her that I was looking for space. And she was like, well, you know, we have, you know, large spaces available. Um, and she's like, I will, I'll definitely make it worth, you know, your while if you're interested. And I'm like, okay, cool. And she literally gave us 15,000 square foot for pennies on a dollar.
0: Isn't that something?
1: And, and we were able to lock in, um, this space for the next eight years. Wow. Um, But that was because it was during the pandemic. And, you know, she was trying to attract new businesses and organizations to the space. And so, um, and so I, just, I now when I look back over it now, the reason God didn't allow me to, um, to find the perfect space before the pandemic hit was because he had this space in mind for us. And we would be able to lock in this space and this rate. And it's so low that, that we were able to, you know, it was a no brainer to do it. You know, it was an absolute no brainer, but then guess what? That's how we were able, we had so much space. It was way bigger than I was looking for, but we had so much space. And I'm like, well, God, what am I going to do? All I was looking for was about 4,000 square feet. I ended up with 15,000 square feet. <laughs> oh, I'm like, God, what am I going to do with all of all of this space? And that's when he gave me the idea. Well, you know, I gave it to you at such a low rate. Um, and there are other Christian service providers out there that are also in need of space. And because they may be a startup or, you know, may be in a certain phase in their finances, given the, the, the pandemic, um, you can lease to them at a low rate as well. And so now we have all of our businesses here, our, our, our space is completely full. Um, we actually have a waiting list here uh, for people that want to get in, and I'm currently looking at another facility that's about 20,000 square feet in the same spot wow. um, that that we're going to uh, begin to service our waiting list with.
0: Well, I can't wait uh, to have you up to the studio. I know that you're going to be in Orlando. Coming up later this month, and I mm-hmm. I so look forward to having you here in the Shepherd Studios talking about this. Uh, it's so exciting, and on top of everything yeah. else, I know that you are developing a Christian chamber up there that is going to be serving that area, and it's going to be absolutely. associated with the U.S. Christian Chamber that we have absolutely. here.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and I, I, you know, I, in December um, when when Miss Crystal Parker is in the studio as well, I can't wait to tell the story of how God sort of grew this partnership and and developed our phase two for Kingdom Partners Alliance because we have over in our in our building right now we have. Over 20 businesses that are all faith-based businesses currently operating in our facility. Wow! And so, um, so God, you know, He really He's so meticulous. You do know that, right? Oh yes, absolutely. God is incredibly <laughs> meticulous in how He does everything. He's so attentive to detail, and that is what one thing that I absolutely love about Him. But when I am in the studio with Crystal so she can verify everything that I say, um, it's a great, a great, great, great story on how we came to be Wisconsin's first Christian Chamber of Commerce here in Milwaukee.
0: Wonderful. Dr. James Ferguson, thank you. We look forward to having you here at the Shepherd Studio real soon.
1: Yes, sir. I can't wait to be there.
0: God bless you. And friends, thanks for joining us today on Afternoons with Mike.